You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right, yeah, our roster looks great on paper. Whoop the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up! Get your sorry ass up! Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. Dang, dang! Time is on the I ain't never seen you before, huh? Back up, Tanner, coach, you need some help. We're gonna expose you, boy. All right, we coming at your ass. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter. You can find me, your host for the day, Matt Bruning at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. We're just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, and the creator of the Midwest Fantasy Expo. We have the Hot Takes Pod, as well as Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto. Uh, who are part of Sirius XM. We are also par- proud to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. Uh, you can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the best college and NFL stats in the business. If you use our code ROUNDTABLE, you get 15% off of, I'm sorry, 10% off of a $15 deal is a steal of a deal and the best in the business. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter and see all of the college prospect stuff that I post, all of the stats I pull are from their website. It is well Worth your time to look at and your money. We've got a big one for you guys today. Uh, my goodness, uh, the NFL has gone crazy with all this coronavirus talk. The NFL GM said, oh, everybody's sad that we don't have football or any sports anymore. We're going to make you guys forget all about that and that they have. Matthew Fox and Dennis Bennett are waiting online right now. So let's jump them on here and let's talk about the craziness that has been going down the past few hours. And as I just mentioned, we've got Mr. Dennis Bennett. You can follow on Twitter at culture underscore coach. Dennis, how uh, how are you doing at the moment? Man, you know, I'm still kicking. Yeah. I had the weirdest morning. My my day started off with, of all things, a dentist appointment. <laughs> talk about talk about people on the front lines. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, I mean, I really don't have much to add to that except for we've also got Mr. Matthew Fox here as well, who you can follow at Nighthawk7734 on Twitter. Matt, I assume you are surviving the uh, coronavirus epidemic as well at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it was a crazy morning at work trying to get a few things done with uh, being a skeleton crew, and then all of a sudden I see DeAndre Hopkins gets traded, and I had to spend 10 minutes staring at the ceiling trying to figure <laughs> out what Bill O'Brien might have been thinking. You know, I, I'm going to say this, and because and I, I don't want to keep talking about because I feel like everybody is talking about the coronavirus, but I, I've got to say, today is probably like the best thing to happen to all of us uh, sports fans, because oh my goodness, yeah. did we just get all kinds of content to talk about for at least the next couple days, so I, I am happy. Uh, I'm really happy that the NFL GMs uh, all came together and decided they were going to, you know, make America great again by, by just completely fucking up the football league, because holy crap. Some of these trades and free agents that went down is just ridiculous. So uh, how we're going to start is we're going to start kind of by the most non-important ones, I feel, uh, to start off with. So we can spend more of our time talking about the big stuff, which is all going to be at the bottom here. 
Uh, so if you guys don't want to hear about mostly defensive stuff, I would say skip forward about 15 minutes. I'm not exactly sure how far, but I'd say probably about 15 IDP minutes. IDP matters. IDP matters. It does matter, but some people don't care about IDP. So uh, we'll start with the easy one, JT, JPP, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, back to the Buccaneers, two years, uh, $27 million deal. Uh, for IDP, I don't know if that matters at all for me. I don't think it does. Uh, it's good to see him go back home, though, to the Buccaneers. Do either one of you guys have any thoughts on this? You know, I think in leagues where you have to start a defensive lineman, he's he's a solid rotational defensive lineman for IDP. Still good at rushing the passer. So typically, unless it is enhanced scoring for uh, interior defensive lineman tackles, then you're probably if you're starting, you know, two or three defensive linemen, JPP is relevant probably in that DL three space uh, just because he he'll get you a few sacks. I think for me, it's probably more of a relevant NFL move than totally fantasy. I think between that and them tagging Shaq Barrett, they're trying to yeah. make a, a concerted effort to say our defense wasn't incredible, but we want to keep the pieces that we're working. Um, you know, I, I've been since I got home a little while ago listening to some of the ESPN commentary. They're saying this is a little bit of them trying to say, hey, we are working on fixing the defense as part of their pitch to try to maybe get Tom Brady yeah, uh, to consider to them. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say, too, for the Bucks' defense is uh, I, I don't know how much their defensive line necessarily needs fixing. They were second in the league against a run last year, but that, but that secondary definitely needs some help. However, the old adage is if your defensive line is getting to the quarterback, your cornerbacks and safeties don't have to be that good. So maybe this is exactly what they need to help them out. I'm going to be honest. I have absolutely no idea who this next player is, but I'm happy for the Raiders because they got Nick Kwiatkowski for three years. He's a big linebacker for the Bears. Okay. I did not know that. I honestly did did not know. I'm not going to lie. Did not know there was a Nick Kwiatkowski in the NFL. So I feel bad about that. But, uh, yeah, good for the Raiders, I guess. Bears have always had a good defense. Uh, I thought this was a great move for the Dolphins. Shaq Lawson uh, to the Dolphins for three years, 30 mil, so 10 mil a year. Uh, I think it's a great move for them. Uh, Either one of you guys have any thoughts on either one of those two, Raiders or Dolphins? I think both teams just trying to make improvements. The Raiders uh, obviously had one of the youngest teams, had a lot of injuries on defense. Uh, last year, which might have been part of the reason they started hot and faded down. I think they're another team trying to to build with some solid pieces. Uh, seemed like a, a decent signing from what I've seen. Some of the Bears uh, people I follow on Twitter uh, were talking about him and, and wondering what was going to happen with him. So uh, kind of a decent move there. And obviously Dolphins have plenty of cap space trying to keep building their team, uh, you know, and keep building pieces to compete. They were Despite their record, I thought they were one of the more fun teams to watch down the stretch last year. So curious to see what they'll do in year two. Yeah, Lawson is the, you know, he kind of falls into that JPP uh, range for defensive linemen. You know, he, he may, uh, being a little younger, he could possibly play some, some more snaps. But there, he, he didn't command quite the same uh, uh money that that jpp did so he's not likely to get to the quarterback as much i don't have the stats in front of me but i don't think lawson is quite the sacker that jpp was no he wasn't uh, or still is so kwiatkowski you know he could be he's he's a solid probably linebacker two slash three um he, he could thrive in the um raider scheme so we'll, we'll have to see how it goes? They didn't. They didn't pay a lot of money for him. You know, seven mil a year with thirteen and a half guaranteed. So if they needed to bail on it and say, "Hey, this didn't really work out," it's not going to be. Uh, you know, probably after the second year, uh, it, it'll, it'll be pretty inexpensive. And and he's a veteran. Uh, you know, he brings a veteran presence to the locker room. So you know that all three of them are probably tilted more towards real football than fantasy football yeah sticking with the sticking with the dolphins here eric flowers also goes to the dolphins for three years 30 million i mean a good move for them i guess in in shoring up their offensive line eric flowers is kind of 
I feel like a guy who's not really lived up to the hype that they thought he was going to get when the Giants drafted him, I believe, in the first round. So, uh, But, I mean, that's still a good move for the Dolphins to help kind of improve their offensive line. We just saw another offensive lineman signed. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into that. It's for your lines there, Dennis. Uh, I'm going to butcher this dude's name. Hala Pudavavadi Vaitai? I don't know. The Eagles guy. I know he was on yeah. the Eagles. Uh, big deal for them. They get another offensive lineman. So what are your thoughts on that? That's probably got to be good news for, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Another? Okay, sorry. Hang on. We'll get to that in a minute. I'm going to save all my Brown stuff for a minute. Uh, uh, good move for on Johnson, though, right? Improving that offensive line. Hopefully giving him, as long as he stays healthy, maybe a little bit more protection in the running game. Well, they, you know, they needed to replace Ricky Wagner, who they let walk. Uh, who was coming off uh, a poor year? Uh, Viatai, you know, he was he was the swing tackle in uh, uh, Philadelphia, so you know, hopefully he can step up uh, and be better than Wagner was last year. Uh, I think uh, across the board, the Lions have they have an offensive line that has a lot of potential and has some high draft capital. That as a unit, they need to stay healthy and step up, though. Uh, if they do, then it should be real good for for carry on for Stafford, uh, for Hawkinson, and for uh, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, Matt, do you have any thoughts on the the offensive tackle of Vitae before we move on? No, I'm just kind of with Dennis. I mean, they were a team. Obviously, they struggled to run the ball. They struggled to keep quarterbacks upright. So anything they can do to improve that line is, I think, going to help their offense. Uh, this next one is interesting to me, possibly not just for NFL terms, but but for fantasy. Blake Jarwin is going to stay with the Cowboys for three years, $24.25 million. Uh, we do know that they're moving on from Jason Witten, so looks like Jarwin is set to be the tight end moving forward. Uh, we obviously, we'll, we'll run through the franchise tags of everybody at the end, but we also know Dak did get franchise tags, so the thought is he's still going to be the long-term quarterback for the Cowboys. Uh, does Jarwin intrigue either one of you guys on a fantasy level yeah i i think uh the potential is there he's much more athletic than witten was at this stage of his career and with cooper likely walking it 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 should potentially be a a real opportunity for jarwin yeah i think we saw obviously when we were talking about jason witten he was a fringe tight end one. I think we said he was tight end 13 and, and obviously not at his best last year. Jarwin showed some flashes uh, the season before when Witten had retired for one year to torment us all on Monday Night Football. And uh, to the point where, you know, I've had him stashed in a couple of leagues. Uh, last year was kind of a disappointment, but it kind of shows you obviously behind the scenes, Dallas still felt like they had a guy there because we, we talked last week about the tight end show. I mentioned them as a spot where, you know, maybe they needed somebody. Obviously, they feel they have somebody that kind of a deal, given all their other needs and their cap space kind of says to me that's the person they're going to bank on, at least in 2020. So uh, it kind of could be a sneaky low end pickup. Yeah, um, I, I for the most part, I guess, agree with you guys. I'm still not sold on him, but, I mean, anybody who's going to be a starting tight end in the NFL has some fantasy value. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what the Cowboys' offense is going to look like. I mean, maybe he gets an uptick, especially with we don't know what's going to happen with Amari Cooper. Um, something I forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast, because – uh, because the new CBA was ratified yesterday, I believe, they that moved it to just the one tag, which is the franchise tag, so they could not franchise tag uh, Dak and then transition tag Amari Cooper, so Cooper is a free agent. There's no guarantee that he won't come back to the Cowboys. He has come out and said he wants to come back to the Cowboys, but he is uh, someone that will get looks at from other teams, I'm sure. I haven't seen any news reported on him uh, more on the defensive side here, uh, really good trade in my opinion here. The Colts give away their 13th overall pick uh, to the 49ers for DeForest Buckner, who has actually already agreed to a contract with the Colts as well, is going to make $21 million a year, uh, which makes him the second highest, de- pay, uh, second highest paid defensive tackle in NFL history behind Aaron Donald. I thought this was a great move for the Colts. Love DeForest Buckner. 
Going to be interesting to see what the 49ers do now with that 13th pick, but also kind of weakening that front line a little bit, which is what, in my opinion, clearly led them to the Super Bowl. Uh, I'll just because I keep saying, do you guys have any thoughts and not sending it to someone to make it a little bit easier on you guys? We'll start with you, Matt. Do you have any opinions on the DeForest Buckner trade? I think it's a good trade for both teams. The Colts obviously could use some defensive help. 49ers get a high pick. They kind of had an embarrassment of riches up on the defensive line. They have enough depth that they can move on from a player as good as Buckner is and still have, you know, a really solid rotation. They have a lot of young guys there. So I thought it was a move that made sense for both teams. Yeah, I, I love Buckner. He's a he's a big play guy when it comes to defense. And he he's just a, a absolute monster in the middle. And now let me see here. So lining up, he'll line up next to Danico Autry with Justin Houston and Jabal shared on the edges. So that, you know who that really probably bodes well for is Darius Leonard. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was tweeting all about that when that trade went down, you could tell he was excited. I think, I mean, that defense has already been pretty good up front. Uh, I, I mean, adding to a guy like DeForest Buckner is just ridiculous. Uh, after that trade, the 49ers locked up Eric Armstead, who is interesting. I thought he might end up leaving. He was a guy that I talked about on uh, the Browns podcast that I do that I was hoping the Browns might try and target because they have a little bit of a weakness at defensive tackle. Uh, Armstead stays with the 49ers for five years, 85 mil again. Great move, Matt. You just mentioned it a minute ago. Uh, they have the depth there. And then keeping a guy like Armstead, who had a huge year opposite of Bosa, I think was a good move by them. Uh, Dennis, what are your thoughts on Armstead? It was really – it's it comes down to they have a lot of depth along their defensive line. And you can't pay all of them. It's it just – unfortunately, it's just what – you know, Dallas is facing it with their offensive skill players. So Cooper Cooper's likely walking – so when you're looking at the the defensive line and you've got guys like uh, Nick Bosa, who's who, they don't have to pay more for a couple more years, but it'll be coming up. You, you got Bosa, you got Armstead, you got Thomas, a couple other guys there. I mean, that team is is really stacked, and and so that leads to tough decisions and a great decision like moving um, Buckner over to the Colts and then. Bring, paying Armstead, who I believe Armstead is younger, so it makes it makes good sense from a fiscal point. And I don't think, given the strength of that position for the 49ers, it, it doesn't real it doesn't really weaken the team letting Buckner go and, and choosing Armstead. Matt, do you have any thoughts on him? Yeah, no, pretty much just the same. I think it's a case if you can't pay them all, they they picked a couple that they're going to invest in, and that was probably part of the reason they. They tried to make the most of what they could with Buckner. They've been really great about finding incredible defensive talent, especially on, at that position through the draft. So giving them an extra first-round pick um, should help with all those things. All right, so that is all of the, I shouldn't say irrelevant, but all of the probably more fantasy non-significant, at least for us, because we, we usually focus on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, parts of Frick, go ahead. Well, I was going to say you kind of you, you mentioned flowers, and then some news happened, and you didn't. We didn't really talk about flowers to the Dolphins. Oh, I said it was an okay move. I didn't think it was great. If you guys have anything you want to expand on, go well, ahead. it's it's you know it's it's it's. I feel like he you know he was one of those first round busts at tackle that just it just never clicked, and then last year in Washington, it it clicked for him at guard. And so, I, you know, I'm curious to see what's going to happen now in Washington because they, they let Keenum go. So uh, unless Washington is going to literally pull a Cardinals and draft another another quarterback high, you know, now it's Haskins' team. Uh, he's going to – unless through some miracle Alex Smith shows up back on the field, it, it's, it's Haskins that this – it kind of signals a, a or they draft to attack it by a low. Right. That's what I said. If they pull, if they pull a Cardinals and draft a quarterback and, and that's, that's yet to be seen. <laughs> so th- that, that offensive line could have probably used somebody who was ascending. Now, granted it's a new coaching staff. They're changing the system. And so maybe the commitment wasn't there at the level of three year, 30 million, 
it, it should be a positive move for Miami if Flowers can hold up and play to the level he was playing last year. Uh, it should be fantastic for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, uh, I don't and, know, man. I've seen well, a lot of... You know, uh, the big question... Go ahead, Matt. Is uh, The big question is, Miami's one of the teams that's been linked to Melvin Gordon. Yeah. So, I mean, Eric Flowers signing, it's a nice piece. It's fine now. It could mean a lot more in the coming days, depending on where we see some of these other places, uh, other players land. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen a lot of mocks get... Uh, Having them take J.K. Dobbins, they seem to be really high on Dobbins, so I don't know about Taylor. That's that's all I was going to say. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a good move for him. I just – I don't I, – I don't know. He seems to have been more of a bust than uh, – maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe he did do better this past year with the move, and, and he'll continue to improve for, for the Dolphins. I wish him nothing but the best with the Dolphins. Can we move on to the good stuff now? Yep, let's move. Okay. Well, so we got. Go ahead. Do, has Devontae Freeman been classified as the good stuff? Well, I think years? it matters for one reason, which is why I wanted to <laughs> save it for the fantasy stuff, because he obviously gets cut, which some of us have been expecting. There's been a lot of rumors about him getting cut for, I'd say, weeks now, if not a month or so. So, Dennis, I know you were huge on Quadri Allison. Are the thoughts that Quadri Allison takes over? I know they still got Edo Smith there. Do we expect them to possibly go running back in, in the NFL draft? Dennis, I'll let you take this one. So, as much as I love Quadri Allison, he, he is likely, at best, a two-down back. Uh, and he, he's a bruiser. Now, four times inside the at the goal line last year converted all of them to touchdowns um and and he did show some pop at uh pit and so the potential is there i guess it's going to come down to what do they prioritize in the draft they've got uh opening at tight end now so what are they going to do there uh, i don't even remember i don't have it up i'm not sure where atlanta picks even um but it's i think atlanta's like 14 or okay, some, or something. They're real close to Denver, so they're going to have the potential to get one of the top three or four tackles, I think, and that may make more sense. They um, definitely have to fix that offensive line. I'm with you there. And so, you know, if they can bring in one of those top four or five tackles and insert them in the, right into the starting lineup, you know, then you end up now you've got Jones and Ridley. Uh, you know, Jaden Graham didn't look half bad last year, but he's really an unknown at tight end. Uh, you know, they have a couple young guys that were that flashed a little bit that could potentially step into that third wide receiver role, um, and and a veteran, a heady veteran quarterback. So it, it could be good for Allison. I have a substantial amount of Quadri Allison shares, and so I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. And uh, hopefully he can win that early down job. And uh, and uh, you know, I don't think Ito Smith is anything special, but uh, it'll it'll be interesting to watch and see. They the second round is is where a lot more running backs I think are going to go. Um, so just because just if they take a tackle in the first round, that doesn't mean that they won't have a one of the top five running backs available to them in the second. So. So just to clean it up, the Falcons pick 16th. Okay. I just looked it up. I I think for me, the um, Atlanta's a curious team. Last year, I thought going in that they would be a team that could potentially make a run at the playoffs, and no team, it feels like, started with more of a dud than they did to the point that they were playing – literally for their coach's job all the way down the stretch kind of ending up at seven and nine you have to figure this is a win or go home season for certain for dan quinn i mean they haven't come out and said that but he's seemingly been on on the cusp the last two years of being released and now this is a team that you know mere hours into the legal tampering period has more questions than answers on offense and defense and you know their, their line, they tried, they, they spent two high draft picks on linemen last year, and both of them got hurt, and their line was not good, and that was a big part of their problem. Uh, you know, Devontae Freeman probably wasn't worth the huge contract that he had, 
uh, but they didn't develop much behind him. They haven't had very much going in the running game. Austin Hooper was probably one of the bright spots for them on offense last year. He's gone. Dennis is right. They've got, you know, you have questions on tight end. They're not going to be able to solve all of that in the draft if the rest of the team is kind of in a win now. And with the money you have invested in guys that are older, like Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, and the pressure that's seemingly coming from needing to win, this is a team that if they don't make it to the playoffs, they're going to get blown up. I would almost suspect they're going to do something at running back uh, in free agency. I don't know if they're just going to wait and do it through the draft um, because I think they're going to have to try to keep working on that offensive line through the draft because there isn't a whole lot they're going to be able to do with their cap space and everything in free agency. You, you know, one guy that I've heard that that they are enamored with is the LSU linebacker Calavon Chiasen. I'm, I'm mm. pulling a mat on the name there. That's right. Uh, Happens to the best of us. <laughs> so he's uh he's been linked to them and you know if they love him they could go him at 16 and and there will be some uh players available via free agency so well uh it'll be interesting to watch yeah i mean i, I think with this move more than anything it really kind of helps make the running backs even more interesting in the draft it seemed like the these spots were dwindling more and more we lost another one earlier today uh with the texans which we'll get into later maybe possibly i don't know but I, I feel like that opens at least one more spot to to kind of get uh, all of us who are happy or excited with some of these running back prospects uh, another shot. Uh, last thing that happened before all hell broke loose was uh, Mr. Matthew Fox's favorite player in the NFL got a two-year extension, which also seemed to upset one of his teammates as well because he pretty quickly tweeted after that that he was ready to go. So... Uh, Matt, I'm Stephon gonna let Diggs you... is all of us. <laughs> Stephon Diggs is all of us. Matt, I'm going to let you take this one. Your thoughts on, on Kirky Cousins getting uh, that two-year extension with the Minnesota Vikings? So I've, I have kind of a, a good friend that I, that I met on the Fantasy Life app that we uh, we chat off and on named Jacob, who lives in Minnesota, who's a Vikings fan. And he, he and I had been pretty much talking during the offseason that they were kind of focused on one last year with a run and then they were going to start over. Uh, that it was pretty much, you know, everybody was waiting for this year to be up and the Cousins deal to be over and hit and see what they're going to do next. And as soon as I saw, you know, we had a great tweet from our friend Tony who said, I don't understand this at all, essentially, about the, uh, which I liked and favored it. And then I went to my friend, he's like, uh, yeah, I, I, very shocking. They almost, you know, have like redone the deal they did two years ago because he's got something like 96 million now in three more years and honestly i i don't get it at all i am with stefan Diggs too if he wanted wanted to get out before wants to get out even more now i know the vikings haven't been that bad there was you know one of the graphics that came out the last what 10 years of playoffs would have been if we had the seven teams in the playoffs, which we now are guaranteed Minnesota would have made the playoffs each of the last two years. I just don't feel like they, they, to me, don't feel like a contending team. They feel like they have a lot of kind of angst and stuff going on behind the scenes and seeing Stefan Diggs tweet reaction to this massive contract extension really does little to dissuade me from that feeling. Franchise quarterbacks are hard to come by. They can do worse than Kirk Cousins. You guys definitely like him a little more than I do. I will begrudgingly admit his stats and everything are not that bad. I don't think he's particularly clutch, which would be my concern. But I think you could say that for a lot of guys that are going to get – I mean, you as much as I enjoy Dak Prescott, there's nothing about his – career that would say he's clutch either and he's probably going to get 30 something million dollars a year i guess that's just where we're at with quarterbacks um but it's it's definitely it's it's like minnesota doubling down on that deal from a couple of years ago dennis you have anything you want to add no i'm happy for kirk you know he i think he's a underrated fantasy asset I agree. He's a wonderful fantasy asset and a just gosh darn beautiful quarterback in the NFL. Clutch as they come, just an uh, just an absolute pro. Does the great dad dances. I love it. I love it. I'm happy for Kirky. Not happy for Stephon Diggs, but uh, I am happy for Kirk. It's just one of those. It's just one of those situations where 
when you're trying to decide on a career, sometimes you have to look at what am I good at and what will pay a lot. And <laughs> sometimes you just go and you do the best you can at something where, you know, they're going to over the, the market for what you're doing. You might be average at it, but the market for what it is is so out of line with everything else that you just make a shit ton of money. Yeah, you know, that was going to be the what the F moment of the day until Bill O'Brien said, hold my beer. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. That's that's where things really kind of kind of got out of whack there after that Kirk Cousins trade. Not trade, I'm sorry. Uh, he signed the new, to- new two-year signing. Yeah, Bill O'Brien's got we'll me just, all messed up. Can we up. refer to it as the Kirk Cousins apocalypse? <laughs> All right, well, I mean, since we keep talking about Bill O'Brien, we might as well just jump into that. I wanted to talk about the better moves of the day with my Cleveland Brownies, but let's just let's just go into the Bill O'Brien thing because he's got us all messed up. I mean, I thought coronavirus was going to bring the end to the world. I think Bill O'Brien's about to bring the end of the world. I, 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 that certainly what, shocked What uh, is going on? when I dropped the F word in there. <laughs> what is going on? I mean... So for those of you, I imagine by the time you guys have heard this, you have to have known. I mean, this almost like broke the internet here. DeAndre Hopkins gets traded to Arizona for with a fourth for David Johnson and a 2024, 2021 fourth and the, uh, 20, the 2022nd, right? 22nd. Yeah. 40th overall. Yeah, it's almost the same thing that uh, Atlanta gave for Hayden Hurst. I mean, <laughs> really? So here's my next question. The only thing missing is the 2021 fourth. But here, so here's my other thing too. So they gave up on DeAndre Hopkins, who I looked it up is being paid as the sixth best wide receiver in the league right now, which is just atrocious. He should be paid as the number one wide receiver, but he's also only making a million dollars more than David Johnson. So you gave him, and they're taking yeah. on the full contract. Houston is taking on his full contract. This is not something where they're like, oh, hey, yeah, we'll take David Johnson and Arizona eats the money. No, they took David Johnson's full contract. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I thought With the Browns were making. He doesn't like to throw to running backs. Well, not only that, I mean, what is it? If I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm retiring. I'm pulling an Andrew Luck right now. I'm like, guys, I appreciate everything you've done for me. I'm done. Who is it going to throw to? You know, I saw a I saw a joke on here. I don't know if that's what it is. Uh, so is Kenny still? Oh no! Like Will Fuller, Will Fuller pulled his hamstring running to his phone to check Twitter when he saw when he when he heard the news. Like Will Fuller's already done for the season. So who's he going to throw to? Kenny Stills and Deron Carter, right? Is that the other player on the team? Draft wide receiver. Patrick Storm from the Texans Storm Report tweeted. So it's Kenny Stills, hamstring Fuller, Kiki not active today, and you don't deserve the first name Carter. Same first name, Carter. DeAndre Carter. It's just, I mean, goodness. All right, so enough joking around. We all know Bill O'Brien is possibly the word. Like, if, you know, I see the, I saw the jokes all over Twitter. Like, if this was going down in your dynasty league, like, you would kick the two owners out. You'd be like, well, what, what are you both stupid? Get out. It's collusion. Yeah, like, this is, I don't want to, uh, maybe this is a little bit of recency bias. This might be possibly the dumbest trade I've ever seen. I mean, I thought Calais Campbell's trade a day ago, or earlier this morning was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And then this happened. Like, Bill O'Brien saw the Jaguars and he's like, huh, hold my beer. This is ridiculous. So I guess we'll attack it from the Texans' side first because they definitely got the worst end of this deal. Let's start with the wide receiver core. I feel like I got the worst end of the deal with my De- with my Deshaun Watson shares. Uh, I don't doubt Man, I cannot believe I, – I, would love to be a fly on the wall in his house right now. Like, I just cannot imagine how pissed he is. Now, I've seen some of the rumors out there. A lot of people are Look, posting the stuff that... The thing you don't understand is Bill O'Brien's master plan is to bring back the wishbone and make it the preeminent offense in the NFL. Oh, if you would have understood that, there's no room for a, a, a premier wide receiver if you're running the wishbone. Yeah, he's going to run the wishbone right out of the league. Like, he, he's uh, – I, I don't even know. Well, you know what? In fairness <laughs> – Well, in fairness, defenses no, no. aren't going to be prepared for it, that's for sure. In fairness, <laughs> I think he was – I think he's been listening to the podcast. Bill, what's up, buddy? And I think he heard what me and you talked about earlier in the season, Matt. And I said that he was on the hot seat. And I think he's like, you know what? 
I'm gonna up I'm gonna up Matty B one. I'm just gonna go ahead and get fired before the season even starts. I'm not even gonna make it through the season. So, Bill, I appreciate you for trying to make who me look would, right here. Who would fire him? I mean, himself. He fire himself. Yeah, exactly. You know that he's looking at this trade and he's like, "Golly, I'm an idiot. Like, what did I do? It's bad. It's bad." Okay, so seriously, we got we got to stop making fun of Bill O'Brien. Receiving wise, for the Texans, I mean, does we we I would assume they're going to draft a wide receiver at some point. They don't have a first round pick because they gave it up for Larry Tunsil, who's still not even resigned yet, I believe. So I think the best they have is a second round pick. There's still going to be some good wide receivers in the second round. You're not still, I would imagine, you're not going to get those top end guys like Higgins, Lamb, Judy. They're all going to be going in the first round. So are are we interested in any of these guys right now? Assuming they, they don't have much cap room to sign anybody. It's not like they're going to go pick up Amari Cooper. So what is it that we're thinking about with this Texans offense, or at least for Deshaun Watson to throw to? Is it Darren Fells and that's it? Well, that makes that Fells move look even worse, in my opinion. Yeah, we I agree. Making jokes. I think <laughs> it was might have been in our chat that he was kind of a good number two option. Um, but <clears throat> this is... This is simply stunning because running backs now, they have David Johnson and and Duke Johnson, which the irony of having two D Johnsons in the backfield. But, you know, one of the weaknesses we, we highlighted about this offense seemed to be that uh, they didn't really utilize backs as receivers. Well, they're really going to have to figure that out unless they're planning to convert one of those guys to a slot receiver. I love Will Fuller probably as much as anyone on this podcast, but he hasn't demonstrated an ability to play five games in a row in his entire career, let alone be your number one. Kenny Stills was kind of an afterthought in the Laramie Tunsil trade last year, and now he might be their wide receiver one a few of these weeks. This is not a team, you know, it would have made more sense making it this, not that it would have made good sense, but it would have made more sense if they had a wealth of draft picks or a lot of assets, but they don't, they're one of the most cap strapped teams. They're one of the teams that has mismanaged their draft picks, not just this year, but in 2021. And they're a team that we pretty well know is another coach that's in that Atlanta category. If you don't win your division and make some noise in the playoffs, you could very well be gone. I think that's part of the reason they officially made Bill O'Brien, the GM, saying, you know, if you want all this and you want to make your bed, you're going to sleep in it this year. And if you don't make it, you're you're going to be gone. And this is a curious move to make, uh, you know, to set that up. I wouldn't. It seems like in years past, they've kind of eschewed doing huge money deals to running backs. You know, last year we thought, you know, they might be one of the teams that would go out and make a run at Le'Veon Bell or something like that. And they were, no, 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 we, you know, that's not what we want to do. The only thing I can think is I was on, um, you know, watching ESPN a little bit and they said what people don't understand is that Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins relationship was un- unsustainable and yeah, they were just looking to move him. And so I guess from that standpoint, it might make sense. But to me, if I'm Houston, I'm like, see a bill. Uh, so I, it, it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. Well, they have two picks in the second round now. So they've got the 40th pick, which they got from Arizona, and then their own pick, which is 57. So potentially, if somebody falls to, out of the first round to them, they could end up you know, who knows, maybe Jalen Rager, LaVisca Chenault, somebody like that, if they wanted to go that route. Uh, but also in the later round, well, it might end up being a little bit of a reach. You might have guys available like Michael Pittman. Uh, eh, Hamler sucks. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins. Tyler Johnson. I don't know. Yeah, so there's there's going to there's gonna be a replacement in there. Let me see what they're – do they even have a third round pick? Uh, yeah, and then the third round they pick at ninety seventh. So they they're in a position where they can they they can get a bigger alpha type wide receiver uh, with a day two pick. It just depends on how they play it. Uh, looking at David Johnson's contract after this year, uh, he only has three million in in uh, dead cap after this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine million cap hit, three million dead cap. 
they weren't going to have that with DeAndre Hopkins. They, they, it was going to cost a bunch of money. So they picked up a set early second round pick and they got David Johnson, whom they'll have for a year. Who knows? Maybe they line Johnson up out wide. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't hurt. Crazier they, things have happened. They don't have you know, much else. Maybe so. they don't have Duke Johnson out there. I mean, both of those guys are, are really good receivers. Uh, even if John, well, they're going to have to put one of them out at receiver. Doesn't have the speed anymore. Uh, so you, I, I get it. It's crazy because you're giving up DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but considering where they are with their cap situation, and they he he did go in to try and make a run last year. Yeah, they shit the bed in the playoffs, but he tried to, he tried to to make that run. Um, it was just one of those things where now they've got uh, a situation that he's trying to manage. If he can get into the playoffs this year, I think he keeps his job. I don't think they're going to yeah, make the playoffs true. this year. I don't know, man. I, stranger things have happened. Uh, that's true. Well, but... and remember last year they pulled off some big moves like right as the season was about to start. So, I mean, it. It is. We are like twelve hours into what's going to be kind of a marathon, so things may look a little bit different. Just it certainly was the shock of the day. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. So let's talk about Arizona side, who I think obviously just. Fully, I can't imagine how much they must have been laughing on the phone when Bill O'Brien was sitting and was like, "Yeah, I'll give you DeAndre Hopkins." And a fourth for D. No, yeah, for DJ and your second. And then he puts him on mute. He's like, "Oh man, these idiots are actually going to think about this deal." And all Arizona side's like, "What the fuck is is this guy serious? Really, really? We can get offload DJ's contract for the best wide receiver in the league." So, what are you guys' thoughts about him going with Kyler Murray? Because I'm torn on it. Obviously, I think it's a great move for Hopkins, great move for Kyler Murray. Sucks for my guy, Hakeem Butler. Uh, I poured one out for him earlier today. I really feel like that kind of hurts his chances. Uh, but, I, but I think Hopkins is going to be, I think, a stud there. He gives someone someone the ball that Kyler Murray can just throw it up to and do everything, especially once Larry Fitz leaves uh, next year. But do you think Larry Fitz being there or anything kind of hurts Hopkins this year at all? Well, I, I not really because I I think Arizona is going to set a new record for pass attempts this year. Going five wide the on every is, play. Maybe. Well, they have Kenyon Drake too, who's a good receiver out of the backfield. You could play for for a wide. I I think the thing that I was thinking is a Arizona recognizes that they're possibly in the best division in football. I mean, the Rams were in the Super Bowl two years ago, and you know they have still a lot of pieces, even though they, they didn't have a great year last year. 49ers were in this year. Seattle seems to always be reloading. So they're, they're obviously recognizing that if they want to win, they're really going to have to hit the, the throttle down. But I don't know that I think receivers were their biggest problem last year. They had a awful defense. They had at times really hard time blocking up front. So it's a explosive move. It's undeniable. I think that their team is better because they essentially didn't use David Johnson last year. They franchise tag Kenyon Drake, who looked great down the stretch. So they didn't really lose anything on offense. It was a total gain. But I don't know if that automatically – they'll be fun to watch, but it's hard for Kyler Murray to find any of those receivers if he's on his ass. Yeah, but I mean, so they didn't trade away their first round pick, so they still have a shot to. I mean, this is—I I don't want to say a deep offensive line class, but there's definitely enough players that they could get someone to help improve it at least some. Uh, I would. The interesting thing is, so we've only seen what two offensive tackles signed so far, and just Conklin and Vitai, right? I, I don't think I've seen anybody else sign. There's still a couple good ones out there. There's guys they could bring in if they wanted to to kind of help improve that situation. All right, so that moves us on to do – do, let's do Tannehill. I'm saving the Browns for last now at this point. Let's do Tannehill. So I feel like this deal kind of shocked at least our little group because we all seem pretty 
I don't want to say 90% on, but we all felt, I felt kind of strongly that Brady was going to end up with the Titans, and they ended up going with Tannehill. Now, there's been reports the past couple days that they wanted to go with him because he was kind of the the one that they knew uh, how far he took him last year. They wanted to reward him for that. Are you guys cool with this deal? Like, I think it's actually a pretty good deal for him and for the Titans. You know, as long as he stays healthy, I think he can easily do what he did last year. What are your thoughts on on Tannehill staying with the Titans, Dennis, for four years, $118 million? Well, I think for for, for Ryan Tannehill, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, the, the, did they franchise Henry? Yes. Yes, they did, okay. yeah. So it's status quo there other than losing Jack Conklin right now. Ah, oh, you're not supposed so, to mention that. Foreshadowing. Jack Conklin went somewhere. Oh. I'm well, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. So, you know, they've, they've got, you know, Dennis Kelly was their swing tackle there for a while, so they could potentially bring him back. He's a free agent that's out there, knows the system, uh, and that would maintain a, a decent level of continuity. I, I don't think Kelly is quite the talent that, Conklin and Luan are. Yeah. Um, but well, the, Conklin's been a little inconsistent over the years anyways. Uh, don't say that. Don't but they say got, that. you know, they still have <laughs> Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, Jonu Smith, and Derrick Henry. You know, they're going to need to bring in a, a running back behind Henry. Who knows? You know who, oh, man, you know who's going to fit there really, really well? Devonta Freeman. Devonta fucking Freeman, man. <laughs> I knew, I knew what you, you know, say. He, he's a, he can move into that pass-catching role. He, he doesn't have to be a 5'9 pounder anymore. He can he can uh, be that that guy that uh, Deion Lewis was. Uh, and I'm sure he'll be equally as productive. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be a little bit more productive. Uh, on Kelly, um, the reports are, real quick before you continue, uh, the reports of the Titans are bringing him back, that they think he can be the replacement for Conklin. That is why they were okay letting him go. So just to kind of, you were on the right track with that. I just wanted to let you know that. Sweet. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. <laughs> I think for me, I wasn't so surprised that Tannehill went back to Tennessee. I, I think they were happy and he fit there. That's a pretty healthy contract for a guy that, you know, 12 months ago you could have gotten for a peanut wrapper. You yeah. Know, like a peanut show. And while he was good for them and brought a stabilizing presence, I don't know if there was anything that was incredibly thrilling about his numbers. They're in another tough division. Obviously, they're locking down on the guys they had last year, hoping to make uh, to make a run. But, um, you know, we don't know what Houston's going to be, but they're still out there. I still like the Colts, uh, especially since it looks like they're making a run at uh, Rivers. Might be, you know, kind of a veteran stabilizing presence there. So it's going to be interesting to see if Tennessee, I think the, the expectations for them went through the roof after where they went in the playoffs last year. And it's that kind of expectations that seems to be behind the financial part of this deal to Ryan Tannehill. It'll be interesting to see if he can live up to that and build on that. I think it's good for AJ Brown who seemed to build a real rapport with him going forward. Um, you know, it's going to be curious to see if John U. Smith can kind of keep building, but the, the Titans I think are another team that could use some weapons. You know, if, if Devonta Freeman, if you saw the the kind of past receiver he was three or four years ago and he could stay healthy, uh, that would help. But I think there's certainly some room. I'm officially of the position that we're never going to get the, the, uh, the Corey Davis coming out party, that his coming out party was that one playoff game like three years ago. Right. And, and that's it. It was one hell of a party, though, for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I'm interested uh, to see where it goes. I think it's good for A.J. Brown. I, I mean, they those two really seem to have a connection. So if you've got A.J. Brown in fantasy, I would imagine you're pretty thrilled that, that Tannehill's coming back. I wonder if that makes Dennis right about the whole Brady back to the Patriots. Well, I guess Dennis, uh, you were still on that train too, Matt. I jumped off that, stain, that train about like eight stations ago, so... We'll see what happens with Brady. I think he's kind of probably the most interesting free agent left out there. Maybe Winston, I guess. I mean, I I, I don't know. I would say Brady. I thought Brady was actually going to be one of the first ones to go. So I'm really kind of surprised that all this stuff has gone down uh, before him. He is being linked to the the Bucks a lot. 
his market seems to have dried up pretty much what they're talking about now is it seems like unless a surprise comes out there, the two teams that are, are making a play for him are New England and Tampa Bay, uh, yeah. you know, from where we were a couple of weeks ago where it seemed like there were seven or eight teams that could be in play. His, uh, his options seem to have dwindled, and that might be one of the reasons he hasn't pulled the trigger yet. Well, I will say there was one team that was linked to him earlier this afternoon. They said it might be a surprise. There's a little team out in L.A. Just saying. I know somebody on this pod was calling for that a couple weeks ago, and I was told I was an idiot, but, you know, whatever. We'll move past that and see Dude, what happens. Dude, you, 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 you <laughs> keep calling for him on a different team every show. That's not true. I've never said anywhere but Los Angeles right. Chargers. I did not. Every I other never show. thought he was going to the Titans. I just agreed that it's a, a decent spot. A uh, trade that went down earlier this morning, uh, which kind of stunned me, the Calais Campbell trade uh, to the Ravens, the Jacksonville Jaguars trade, Calais Campbell and a fifth uh, to the Ravens for a second-round pick, I believe. Is that correct, right? I think that's it. No, no, they traded Campbell for a fifth, right? The, Raven, the Ravens only gave up a fifth correct. for him, which is just stupid. Yeah, it was pretty low. Yeah, so I mean, good for them. Not not good for Baker, but uh, good for the Ravens. They just continue to to shore up that awesome defense. Uh, the Ravens then decided to move Hayden Hurst to the Falcons. Uh, they get uh, Dennis. You read this deal here because I'm kind of confused at what I'm reading. I feel like that's the round in the pick, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So what did what did the Ravens trade Hayden Hurst to the Falcons for? They traded uh, Hurst and a 2024th to the Falcons for a 2025th, or excuse me, they traded Hurst and a 2025th to the Falcons for a 2022nd and a 2024th. So thoughts on this. I'll, I'll give mine really quick. I like it. Uh, Hayden Hurst was obviously a tight end. A lot of people really liked coming out a couple years ago. I, I thought Mark Andrews was going to be the better tight end offensively, but Hayden Hurst is definitely the more complete tight end. I think it's a good move for the Falcons. I don't know if he replaces Hooper, but I think that he can easily come in there and be a really good tight end, not just NFL-wise, but fantasy. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on, on uh, Hurst going over to the Falcons? Yeah, I think it's a good opportunity uh, for him. Obviously, we we saw the hole that they kind of have at that position uh, with uh, Austin Hooper moving on. Um, you know, we saw times where Hayden Hurst, when when Mark Andrews was out, uh, had some flashes last year uh, in a tight end centric offense. So I think it, you know, it's a good opportunity for him to step up. A lot of people had been holding on to Hayden Hurst, wondering, uh, you know, if that was going to pay off in Dynasty, and they have to be thrilled today. Dennis, anything I think to add? No, Hayden Hurst is essentially, a, honestly, he's a touch more athletic Austin Hooper. They're almost exactly the same size. Aside from Hurst being 46, it's, it's one for one. They let Hooper go. They bring in Hurst, who's they don't have to pay as much money. And as long as Hurst can pick up the offense – He's going to slide right in uh, to Atlanta, which means there's no breakout for Jaden Graham, probably. (laughs) So Hayden Hurst going to the Falcons uh, meant that they obviously lost out on Hooper, and they did. He ended up going to the Cleveland Browns. Four years, 44 mil, 23 mil guaranteed. What? What happened? We all had that on our tight end show, Hooper to the Browns. I think that was what we all good, we all called last week. Good God, no. I totally messed it up. I was actually <laughs> just talking in another chat about uh, I'm doing a Brown show for, for the Back Row Network, and I literally not even – less than a week ago, it was like four days ago, I think, the pod dropped. I talked about how Hooper was going to be too expensive for the Browns, and apparently Andrew Berry was listening again and said, <laughs> you know nothing, Matt Bruning, and clearly just blew – Hooper out of the water there. He's the highest paid tight end in the NFL. I'm intrigued by it, I guess. I don't love the move for the fact that I feel like they they have much bigger needs on the defensive side. Tight end is a a position of need for the Browns. I thought it was like the fourth or fifth position of need, though. But they do lock it up with the guy that is considered to be, or at least considered outside of Hunter Henry, who did get franchise tagged, so they couldn't use him, or they couldn't get him. Outside of Hunter Henry was probably the best available option on the market. I'm excited to see what happens with them. I don't know what's going to happen with Njoku, but I, I do think, I guess, overall, it was a 
decent move for the Browns. I'm still not 100% sold on it, but I'm leaning more toward the positive than the negative. Dennis, what are your thoughts on Hooper and the Browns? Well, here, here's some jerk-off tweeted at David Njoku. Uh, David Njoku oh, yeah, was underutilized <laughs> and now probably wants to be traded more than ever. And Njoku tweeted back to him, Nah, man, come on. I love competition. We'll push each other and get better together. Strong arm. So Njoku's taking it in stride. I I, I don't know if, uh, you, know, you know, you saw a lot of stuff going around Twitter today about how often Stefanski used two tight end sets in Minnesota. Uh, we'll see. I, I think that Hooper and Njoku have different games. Hooper's a much better in-line tight end uh, than Njoku. Uh, Hooper has better hands than Njoku, uh, which is kind of unfortunate given Njoku's uh, athletic ability. But I, I think there will be a pecking order. It's going to be Hooper and Njoku, uh, provided Njoku doesn't get traded. Uh, I think they did overpay. I, I don't think you needed to pay uh, Austin Hooper $44 million over four years when you do have bigger needs on the team. Uh, but, you know, they make a deep playoff run, and I'll eat my words. Matt, any thoughts? Well, I mean, you know, they definitely splashed out, and um, I think – on paper, again, you know, the Browns have an incredible set of skill position players on offense because you're talking about Hooper and Njoku at tight end. They still have Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham at receiver. With the second-round tender, it seems pretty likely Kareem Hunt is back to go uh, with Nick Chubb. An embarrassment of riches. I don't know if skill position players, again, were the biggest problem for the Browns last year. They they made that signing uh, that I think we're going to talk about in a minute of Conklin to boost the offensive line, too, which is good. Um, but it's curious, if you were listing the needs for the Browns, I don't know if I would have listed tight end as a top need, and that is a pretty significant chunk of change. They have money to spend i guess and they're they're kind of pushing all in again going for the playoffs have to see how it works out for them yeah i mean they're going to be the super bowl champions of the second year in a row in free agency so that's good i guess all right as matt just mentioned a minute ago the browns did also make another big move uh, a move that i thought was a better move again on the browns podcast the other day i said that there was probably no chance they get this guy so i'm proven wrong once again uh, they signed Jack Conklin to a three-year, $42 million deal. I think it's a great move for them, especially because they've already announced they're moving him. To, they're keeping him at right tackle. There was a lot of thoughts that if they did bring him on, they'd try and move him to left tackle. Seems like they're still going to use that 10th overall pick to address the left tackle need, uh, which is a good thing. I feel like that really kind of shores up that offensive line. I like the move of Conklin to him. Another thing that's kind of being underreported, I think Daryl Ryder said it. He's someone who reports on the Browns. That I thought was a really great move by Andrew Mary with Andrew Barry with both of these moves is that Hooper and Conklin's deals are completely front loaded, meaning by 2022 when Miles Garrett is out of uh, the fifth year option of his rookie contract and when Baker is up in 2023, they will have more than enough money to be able to re-sign both of them without any issues. So I think that's kind of a big deal as well uh, to group in here. I'm again. I, I felt like this was a much bigger move for me than, than the Austin Hooper deal. This is what I wanted to see. Uh, I was fine if it wasn't Conklin. There was a couple other guys. I was I was hoping, obviously, Joe Thune would make it, but the, the Patriots smartly franchise-tagged him. Uh, so I was wanting to see them get a big offensive name guy to help that offensive line besides just addressing the needs entirely through the draft. So I'm really happy about the Conklin move, uh, and that, that made the Hooper move a little bit easier to, to digest, as Dennis was kind of talking about earlier. So, Dennis... Uh, I think I went to you first on Hooper. So, Matt, what were your thoughts on when you saw Conklin go into the Browns? I mean, I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was a pretty good uh, deal. I think it made, it's a deal that makes uh, some sense um, for Cleveland. Obviously, we we think they need to get better on the offensive line, so making strides to address that is going to help them. Um, you know, and hopefully it'll fit with their their new scheme, and they'll be able to take a step forward. I think all of us thought, talent wise, the Browns were a team that should have been able to make a run last year. Um, it didn't all come together. Maybe 
you know, a little bit of humbling and a couple of key signings and, and that'll be what it, what they need to kind of make it all come together. And Dennis? For Conklin, you know, it's it's a good move. He has been inconsistent, though. Yeah, so I think moving him that. to right tackle is, is going to be, or keeping him at right tackle is definitely going to be uh, good. You know, if I remember, it seems like looking at Worth's film, uh, the tackle out of Iowa, didn't he play right tackle as well? Yeah, he played right and left tackle. He can play either or. Okay. I think him and uh, I think Becton might have been the other one. I think Becton actually played all over the line outside of center, if I remember correctly. But I believe both of those guys can play multiple positions. It's why uh, if you follow a lot of Cleveland Browns Twitter people, those are the two that they're hoping one of those two falls to the Browns because they, they really, I think, fit what Stefanski wants to do with that outside run scheme. Like, that's my one big fear with Conklin, if I'm being honest. I don't know if he has the athleticism to participate in that kind of offense, which means you're likely then always running to the left side, which is not going to be good for your offense. But that's just my opinion. I mean, they don't always, I guess, have to run it to the outside. You can still run it up the middle, and Conklin should be good. But I am stealing your time, so go ahead, Dennis. I apologize. No, that's okay. I just just want to make sure that, for me – I don't want the Browns to draft a tackle who tested really, really well that looks like he's going to be great, but it's not, that's not a left tackle. Yeah. I think they need, they need a left tackle. They don't need somebody that they don't need somebody that has played left tackle. They need somebody that can play left tackle. And those are definitely not the same thing. I, I so, agree. <laughs> hopefully they take that into consideration and don't fall in love with, you know, Tristan Wirf's uh, measurables and athletic stuff. If, if he can, if he's not a left tackle, then don't take him. They need a left tackle. Yeah, you know I know coaches think they can fix all of that shit, but they can't. You know, <laughs> just funny. Just uh, switching back here uh, a little quick. The Titans did sign Kelly. It was twenty one million with eight and a half million guaranteed. Gotcha. But, but our man. Nick Whalen uh, from the old Dynasty Nerds film room, he tweeted, he said, hey, he goes, Chicago, he goes, offer Mitch Trubisky and both of your seconds for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> you, you never oh, know. Yeah. There's there's all kinds <laughs> of those tweets going on right now. I just saw someone post something like, hey, Bill Belichick, you should call Bill O'Brien and offer Cody Kessler in a second and see if you can get Deshaun Watson. It's the Texans are going to be taking a lot of that for, for quite a little bit. Uh, the last uh, move that's really kind of come down since we've been recording, I don't think it's a big deal, though I do see a lot of people freaking out about it on Twitter for God knows what reason. Case Keenum to the Browns for three years, 18 mil. I personally think he's coming in just to clearly be the backup to Baker, uh, but there are a lot of people out there thinking that if Baker doesn't start off well, he he's going to be benched by Case Keenum because Keenum's shown uh, that he can – thrive in Stefanski's offense. I, I don't buy that argument one bit. Do either one of you? Nope. No, but it is curious because he was a guy that uh, was talked about in a lot of different places to come in to be potential competition or to solidify a weak position. Um, so it's kind of interesting move and interesting that he kind of lands there. Um, but having gone through the Case Keenum experience, uh, I'm hopeful <laughs> for you that he is just uh, your reserve option. I, I think it's because of the money. He, I think he got paid. Way, when A lot of people are looking at that contract, and that's why they're thinking he's going to replace Baker. I think because of Stefanski and the connection, they're willing to pay him a little bit more to come in and kind of also be a mentor to Baker to help him learn that system. Well, I don't know how much that they're looking for Keenum to mentor Baker, but there was an overlap with Stefanski. Well, it wasn't a lot. They, they weren't together in Minnesota for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I do think that there will be, you know, have bringing in some guys that know your offense and the terminology that can help correct and, and be on the field coaches is definitely a plus. You, you want to bring in those veterans that are familiar with your system, even if they only played in it a year, you know, they're going to have an idea. They'll be able to help move the learning process and 
make the learning curve so it's not quite so steep. They'll be able to to get help get the team move forward. And I think that's more about what Keenum is. And then Keenum also, he's a veteran that for that for you know one or two games can play well. Yeah. But that's really the extent of how long he plays well. But also, let's not forget, in the NFL, every year we have one or two teams that are potential contenders that have an injury at quarterback that completely knocks them out. Look at Pittsburgh last year with the defense that they played and some of the offensive pieces. If they even had a middling quarterback at times, they would have been right in there. They were almost right there at the time. And on the flip side, you see a team that invests a little bit in having a solid backup and it pays dividends. So look at new Orleans, they lose drew Brees for five weeks early in the season. Bridgewater comes right in, keeps them on the winning track and they end up being a top seed in the NFC still. So, I mean, there is a, a role for having a veteran quarterback who, you know, can come in and win a few games as a backup. The NFL injuries are real, especially at that position. So, I think it makes total sense to protect yourself. Yeah, I agree, and that that's why I, I personally love the move. I, I, they've been talking about if, if you've been paying attention to that stuff, they've been talking about Keenum coming to the Browns for months now. Like they, I, th- I want to say it was at the, even at the combine, Stefanski brought up that he had a good conversation with. Uh, uh, I wanted why why did I want to call him Kirk Cousins? Keenum a couple weeks ago and all this other stuff. I I don't think at all he's coming in to replace Baker one bit. I just think he's a great backup option in case something happens. Uh, before we get out of here real quick, I'm just going to run through the franchise tags. Uh, my opinion on these, we just need to watch where they go. There's a chance that probably some of these guys might try and hold out for better deals. Uh, they have until the 15th uh, to get a deal signed. So all we know is that at least right now, none of these players are leaving their teams in free agency. Still could be traded, uh, but right now all these guys will at least stay with their team. Shaquille Barrett with Tampa Bay. You've got Bud Dupree with Pittsburgh, A.J. Green with, with Cincinnati, which we all kind of expected, Anthony Harris with Minnesota, Derrick Henry by the Tennessee Titans, Hunter Henry with the Chargers, Chris Jones with Kansas City, Matthew Judon with Baltimore, uh, Yannick Ngakwe with Jacksonville, Dak Prescott with the Cowboys, Brandon Sheriff with the Washington Redskins, Justin Simmons with the Denver Broncos, Joe Thune with the New England Patriots. Leonard Williams with the New York Giants. Uh, there was two tenders that I saw as well. I don't think either one's going anywhere. Uh, if either one of you disagree with me, you can let me know. But uh, the Saints, I saw, gave a first-round tender to Taysom Hill. I don't think anybody's paying that to get Taysom Hill. Uh, and then the Browns paid a second-round uh or put a second-round tender on Kareem Hunt. I do think that Hunt is worth a second-round pick. I don't think anybody is going to pay a second-round pick and then also pay him a contract. So I think both end up staying with their teams. Do you guys both agree with that? Yep. Yep, those are reasonable conclusions. All right. But can we call him future Hall of Famer Taysom Hill? Okay, (laughs) guys. Your love for Taysom Hill and your hate for Kirk Cousins is just outstanding to me. All right, that that'll do. One it of for, those guys is worth ninety six million. The other isn't. I mean, I would say it's Kirk Cousins. You're only worth. You're always worth what someone's willing to pay you, and someone was willing to pay Kirk Cousins ninety six million dollars. So, just saying, just saying. But uh, that'll do it for us today. There's obviously going to be a bunch more moves that happen between now and, and I'm hoping we'll record on Thursday. Uh, me and Dennis will have a special guest coming on with us Friday. So that'll be a fun episode. We're going to talk some drafts and some injury stuff with an injury specialist that I can't wait to talk about. Uh, so hopefully we'll be back on Thursday and talk about any other moves. There's still a couple big names out there. Teddy Bridgewater. There's talks that Nick Foles might get traded. Uh, so stuff like that will definitely hit on Thursday if that happens before we get there. Dennis, Matt, thank you guys uh, so much for joining me today. And in all seriousness, uh, in all seriousness, say stay. My goodness, I can uh, too many S's and now I can't talk. Stay safe out there. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, so I, I hope everything goes well with you too. And I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Yeah, hey, Bill O'Brien's work from home stint is off to a bad start. <laughs> <laughs> Credit Kevin Clark on Twitter. Uh, Later. Stay safe. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. If you got your popcorn ready. I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Oh!
Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? <laughs> <laughs>